think brands could reach a whole new audience and a new demographic even. The number one app in the app store was either Amazon Alexa or Google Home. I see it becoming one of the forefronts of technology and of everyday life. I, I think it'll get to a point where it will be subtle. We won't even know we're interacting with a voice experience using your voice. It will be the norm. I think it's just a thing with change. People don't like change. So it takes a bit of getting used to. And if done right, they, they have another channel to promote their brand. Today on the Sound and Marketing Podcast, I am joined by Ilarna Che from Matchbox.io. Welcome to the show, Ilarna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So glad that we could connect. Um, so I kind of wanted, well, first off, I wanted to congratulate you because I just heard that you are an Alexa champion and you were one of two from the UK that received this this year. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. One of two. That's and awesome. it, I'm so honored to be an Alexa champion as well. Can you tell the audience a little bit about what that means? Yeah, sure. So an Alexa champion is basically an individual who has been recognized for their contributions on the Alexa platform. And they're like a pioneer for voice, as they say. And it's such a wonderful community to be in, especially since Amazon have really been a huge supportive stepping stone into my voice journey. And it's kind of made me want to continue providing innovative voice experiences to users. So, yeah, I'm very, very honored to be one. Do you know how many years they've been doing these Alexa champions? I'm assuming it's only been several years. I'm not sure. I think it's been three years. I'm not sure on that. But, yeah, I think I think there's been three. And how would you say this has changed or accelerated your role in the voice community? I think it's given more of a, an open invitation to connect with more people and to kind of broaden the horizon in the, in the industry. So I, I, I've, seen an, I've seen a lot of people uh, who have been creating voice experiences like myself and I've, I've, able, I've been able to connect with, with many of them. And it's kind of opened my eyes that I, I was basically on one line, one lane, looking in and now I'm, I'm open to many different lanes as to where voice can go. So I definitely would say that it's been a big help to connect with many people. Now, what kinds of things do you do? Uh, I mean, pardon my inaccuracy, I'm sure, but um, I take that you are a developer on voice apps. Are you more on the technical side of it or are you creating the actual script that goes along with the voice? How, how does your job work? Yeah, so I started off um, building voice apps from scratch. So that would include both the UX, so um, interactive design and the technical side of actually building those apps. Uh, I, I kind of like being on the technical side. So um, I'm working with Matchbox delivering those uh, voice experiences. So I'm more of the, the technical software developer role. Um, but before I was doing everything and it, it's definitely something that you have to kind of learn. And it's very hard, you know, trying to come up with uh, a good voice experience that users will interact with that will provide a good experience to them. But I do love delivering those experiences through the technical side. Well, 
And speaking personally, I'm learning a lot from people like you because I have no like coding background or develop, like all of that is so above, over my head and I'm trying to educate myself. So it's wonderful to see these things being created and um, find tangible ways to use them and experiment. And through that, I feel like I'm understanding more and more. I have a long way to go, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And I, I was going to say as well that there's there's tools out there that, has, that encourages people because they've identified that to make a great voice app, you need to have that good UX ability. And so they've made the tools like VoiceFlow. I don't know if you've heard of it, mm-hmm. where you can make those apps without coding experience. So there, there's loads of tools out there for people like yourself if you don't have any background in coding. Yes, definitely. And I am going to, I've, I've had some offers from some companies to help, to have them help me. And I definitely want to, but there's like the other side of me where I just want to like sit down and like understand why it works. And I, maybe I bit off more than I can chew, <laughs> but uh, I like to know the origin story, I guess, um, before I like go right into the middle part. Yeah. Um, how did you, cause obviously voice applications and apps in general, they weren't around. How did you get into development? Where did that start for you? Well, I, I would, I wouldn't, I don't know if this is late, but I didn't know about computer science until I was 16, where I decided to apply. Cause over here in England, um, we have a thing, we have sixth form. So it's kind of like high school. And you get to choose uh, four topics. And I, one of the topics I chose was computer science because I liked ICT, um, but I didn't know that there was something beyond that where you could program languages and make stuff from pa- basically typing on your computer. So I was introduced to it that way. And I learned Python, which was my first programming language. And I absolutely loved it. And then I kind of continued that university doing uh, web design, mobile apps. So it it came very fairly late to me, but um, I've learned so much in that small space of time. I'm almost 40, so that doesn't sound late to me at all. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned it's never too, I've learned it's never too late, never too late to learn something, so. I agree. There's actually a woman, um, Kiki Monifa, I believe, and she started uh, like Black History Every Day, like a, an Alexa skill. And she's in yeah. her 60s and she figured this out. She just started asking questions. So I completely agree with you. Completely agree. Yeah. And you know what, to, to add on that, what made creating an Alexa skill, because that's kind of what started my voice uh, journey, was the documentation and the supportive uh, documents they had online were really helpful, that they made it so easy to just create your first one. So yeah, I I definitely, I'm sure you'll do well at it um, because they have a lot of supportive documentation and resources out there as well. Well, and even just the voice community in general, I found is so supportive and they'll just let you lean on them and they, they're cheering when you figure things out. It's a wonderful community. It's so helpful. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I have to say one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. I feel like I can just go to anyone and ask them a question and they'll help you out. So I definitely. 
I agree. I 100% agree. It's a wonderful community and I wish more communities were like that. Um, now you work with Matchbox.io currently and uh, actually one other person there uh, also received an Alexa Champion Award this year. Um, what was, is it Sarah? Yes, yeah, Sarah. So at Matchbox.io, how are they doing things differently in the voice app companies? Why did you choose them? Why is it that they're sailing ahead? Yeah, um, I believe Matchbox is like one of the leading companies when it comes to voice. And you can see that through their portfolio of question of the day, find my phone, kids quiz, and other applications which spread to millions of users across different countries. And so immediately that struck to me that they're 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 thinking big, you know, they 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 want to really have a voice experience there that is for everyone. And I think what differs from Matchbox is basically our brand is voice. And we think of ourselves as a content company and we use voice to share that content with people around the world. So I believe we want to get to a stage where when there's so many voice assistants around, we can position ourselves as a trusted brand and one that is known for high quality voice experiences. So that we're not just dependent on one platform. So I like to think of it like Netflix and Spotify, for example, when when you get like a new computer or tablet, you download Spotify or you download Netflix and or you even enable it on a voice assistant as well. And we want that same kind of thing where people can get a new voice assistant and they go and download a Matchbox app because that's how we kind of want to build ourselves, you know. Would you be looking at it as just like an automatic download attached to a certain product? No, more like it's like people's first initiative. Like, you know, when you your first initiative when you get a new phone is to download social media. You know, you want that's probably one of the first things people download when they when they get a new phone or get a new tablet or, you know, uh, they download their favorite apps. And we kind of want to get to a place where we become one of their favorite apps. So they'll be like, right, first thing I do is download question of the day. First thing I do is download find my phone. How is voice applications critical to a brand's success in sound marketing? Because there's so many different, as I've been kind of delving on here and there, there's so many different outlets for sound marketing. Why should they choose voice applications? Yeah, I think for existing global brands especially, it's just another way to reach and engage with like their consumers. Because it's like YouTube, it's, it's a free platform where you can upload your content and get access to billions of users. And voice assistance is a growing industry. And I've seen from the last few Christmases, the number one app in the app store was either Amazon Alexa or Google Home. And that's from people buying, buying their family or friends voice assistance and then they're setting it up. So I think brands could reach a whole new audience and a new demographic even. And if done right, they, they have another channel to promote their brand. How prevalent do you think um, voice is going to be in the next five to 10 years? Because something that I've been reading and researching a lot is that we're kind of turning into a screenless society because we're too busy or we're just multitasking on things. So it, it's becoming a screenless society or a multimodal application of sorts. Where do you see voice going in the next several years as this continues? 
I see it becoming one of the forefronts of technology and of everyday life. I've been preaching about this a lot. I, I think it'll get to a point where it will be subtle. And what I mean by that is that we, we won't even know we're interacting with a voice experience. It will kind of be like, pick up my dry cleaning. And that would mean something that might not make sense now, but it will mean something down the road. Or even, I think of it like this, when CDs were still a thing, and well, they are still a thing kind of, but they're, they're going, they're reducing. Um, but downloading, when that came into play, I was very skeptical about it. I, it took me a while to get used to downloading games and stuff, but now it's like second nature to me. And I think that will be the same with voice. Buying stuff on voice, using your voice, uh, will be the, it will be the norm for sure. And I think it's just a thing with change. People don't like change. Um, so it takes a bit of getting used to. Yes, people don't like change, but they like convenience. And so if convenience is part of the change, I feel like people will adapt to it better and faster. Um, just because yeah. at least in America, it's all about, you know, what you deserve and this luxury and that luxury. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. my perception on it. I, I definitely think as well, we're, we're very lazy. So if we can find the fastest and most efficient way, and I, I actually have a good example. So with when you're ordering a pizza, if you're one of those people who are very like specific with their order and you you order the same thing, wouldn't it be nice to just say, hey, Alexa, order me a pizza. And then you don't need to like pay for anything because they have your payment details already. They already knows what order you want to take. And the next 20 minutes, you, you get your pizza delivered to your door. So it, it's kind of like that. I feel like it will get to that eventually. Stay tuned next week for the conclusion of Alarna and I's chat about voice apps and the possibilities that they hold for brands and companies. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast, or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R Productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.